Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode uh, 100. Yes, we made it all the way to 100. It is uh, Sunday the 15th of May and catching up with Chris in the beautiful boat harbor. Chris, we hit the milestone. We did. Happy century, Barry. 100 episodes. <laughs> As I said last week, who'd have thought we didn't know whether this would go for 10 weeks or 10 oh, episodes or what was the future weeks, Yeah, who knows? Yeah. We're here. We've, we've got through to 100 and uh, very close to the restarting of Cruise, which, well, which will be happening in the not-too-distant future. In yeah. Fact, just a couple of weeks away, end of this month. Restart in Australia, at least. Much, much of the world is already, of course, back up and running. But you were talking about uh, some of the things we've covered in the last 100 episodes as well. Yeah, so like we think back to episode one when we were sort of early 2020, mm. pandemic hadn't hit yet. We were talking about um, how exciting it was going to be to see the influx of big passenger ships, the big cruise ships coming into Australia for the uh, for the summer season, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then, of course, there was um, the initial reports about the pandemic that we did cover at those early days and some of the cruise ships were being redi- redirected from, from Asia back in February and March of 2020. That's right, yep. And then we went through the shutdown together, Baz, watching all those cruise ships going to all different parts of the world for those long layups. We covered uh, things like the, the new builds and what was happening in the uh, in the cruise ports around the world and, and the shipyards around the world um, during 2020 and 2021. Um, we looked at uh, the mass scrapping of many of the cruise ships, which of course was probably the darkest point of the yeah. podcast so far. Um, which isn't what we were hoping for. Of course, it's supposed to be an upbeat, cheerful <laughs> thing. We kept we kept our we kept the spirits up, I think. Um, then we looked at all the restarts and some of the false restarts, but mainly over the last sort of six months at least, the really successful restart of cruising, uh, the entry into service of many of those cruise ships that we were talking about when we were looking at the new builds, you know, the Virgin Voyages fleet, for example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some of the new ships from Celebrity Cruises, um, and of course we've sort of covered on other ships such as Norwegian Prima, which is still under, under construction. Uh, and then um, 
now uh, we are celebrating our 100th anniversary, we would probably have done at least over 90 history topics as well. Oh, easily. And and hundreds of listener questions uh, that we've been able to filter out, and some of them are the same sort of questions, or we can cover the same things multiple times, but we, you know, so many people that have contacted us and reached out and, and sent emails and bought us coffees. Exactly, yeah. The, uh, the support of the people buying us coffee, which uh, we, I guess we were at 100, we should have celebrated with champagne, but it seemed kind of right to yes. celebrate with coffee, given that uh, people do support the show through Buy Me A Coffee, and thank you to everybody that has done so for uh, the last uh, well, two years, 100 episodes. Um, so thank you to everybody that supported us in various different ways. And there's there. also people who bought the merch as well, yep. the Big Cruise Podcast merch stores, of course, there, and it's um, beautiful quality stuff from, from T-Mill. Yep, all organic, all produced using green energy, no plastic, always doing the right thing where we can. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been an incredible journey and we're still here we're still riding it out as i said the the the, the cruise restart for australia is uh, end of this month and uh, we just heard this week uh, that in uh, New Zealand will be opening and welcoming ships as well. But uh, before we get into the cruise news, Chris, let's touch off on a couple of listener questions. Sure. Um, so these came through via the website, and we encourage anybody that does have a question to get in touch via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and in the top right-hand corner, click on Join the Show. And uh, Santi, unfortunately, Santi didn't tell us where you are, but you sent a, through, uh, a question through asking, Chris and Baz, uh, we're looking at our first cruise. We're traveling for the first time to Europe, and we'd like to do a med cruise with a city or two, pre and or post. Uh, what cities do you recommend and how long is ideal before and after a cruise? Well, I mean, I, I always like to try and see as much of the place I'm visiting um, before the cruise if I can. Mm-hmm. It depends on time, right? Yeah. Like when, how much leave you can get and that sort of thing. I think pretty much, if I think back, pretty much every Mediterranean cruise that I've done um, actually originated in the UK, which has its downsides because you have to spend some time doing yeah, the, the Bay of Biscay, <laughs> yeah. which is, of course... Um, the roughest part of that journey usually mm-hmm. um, so and funnily enough we haven't got a history segment today but I've got a little history um, side note here oh, so yeah. if you don't, don't mind indulging me sure, sure. Um, the Bay of Biscay is of course very well known for its rough roughness yep, yep. Um, and it is a, a mandatory passage I suppose for ships that are going from the UK into the Mediterranean um, and you think about um, ships like the, the fleet of the P&O um, ocean liners yep. back in the day when they were operating into the Mediterranean for those line voyages all the way through to Alexandria the ships were very small no stabilizers and so and people knew they were going to get sick particularly first class passengers they actually used to be able to have their luggage taken on board the ship and then they would take a cross channel ferry to France and train down to the <laughs> south of France <laughs> yeah. and the ship would sail the Bay of Biscay and meet them in France and they'd board the ship there Wow! because the trans channel um, yeah. section was much less time at sea they could do an overland voyage, yeah. and then they'd miss that horrendous, bay, particularly in winter, yeah. the roughness of the Bay of Biscay. <laughs> so there's a little interesting historical side note for you. And P&O used to offer that as part of their uh, line voyage um, experience for wealthy passengers. Um, but I've never really, you know, I've done lots of Mediterranean cruises, but never boarded from a Mediterranean port. Okay. We finished in a Mediterranean port. We finished in Chittafedecchia, for example, yep, and went off to Rome, Rome yep. which is really great. And we stayed in Rome for maybe, I don't know, it must be five days to yep. see, see the sites. Um, but what do you think? Um, I've boarded in Venice, Rome, Trieste, Barcelona, 
think that's just a few all then. of them. Just a few of them, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, and I try wherever possible. Um, I think three nights pre is kind of a minimum. Um, mm. A lot of people, when they're heading over to Europe, try and cram a lot in and do a couple of two nights here, two nights there, and like zip around Europe before they get on the ship. But I think if you just have the one place pre and maybe one place post and have minimum three nights, it really allows you to kind of get under the skin and just do that a little bit more. Mm. And also just take a bit of time out to sit back and relax and find a piazza or a square, have a coffee and watch the world go by and see what the, how the locals live. Because it's yeah. all right being there as a tourist or a traveler, but uh, to just take a moment to watch what's happening yeah. is, is always good good part of the journey as well so that's so true and i suppose if you're having a shorter like if you're not doing that from britain to get there kind of thing yeah uh, then you'd have maybe four, four days and you can chop off the cruise part of the journey yeah gives you a bit more time to spend some time in the city or the, the location where you're going to board mm -hmm. as great as cruising is and it's obviously something that we both very fond of um you don't quite get the same feeling spending just one day in a port than you would if you spend a few days there yeah. as an actual you know base yourself there so it is it is worth doing if you can yeah so uh, to summarize santi um if you can um and your time permits have that three days pre and maybe even three days post if it's a different port assuming the ship isn't going to do a round trip into the same port you wouldn't need six days necessarily but if it's a rome to barcelona or an athens to venice or something like that that would allow you to discover two places in depth as part of the cruise experience as well next up chris harry has asked a question of you and he apologizes he says he knows you've answered this before but he can't remember on what episode he's thinking of taking a transatlantic reposition cruise for the first time and he can't remember if you suggested eastbound or westbound as being the the most uh, enjoyable enjoyable well i suppose the, the thing is um it depends on where, where you're based and where you want to end up right mm -hmm. so if you're based in the US and you want to go to Europe and have a, have a holiday there and the crew, the ship is doing a repositioning cruise then it makes sense to do eastbound but generally I would say westbound is probably slightly better mainly because you're going with time so you don't have to take your clock back during yep. the voyage yep. which just means that you get a little bit of extra time for rest and relaxation um, the westbound crossing depending on so if you're doing a transatlantic crossing on a ship like Queen Mary 2 you're going to be sailing probably further north than mm -hmm. many of the cruise ships do when they do their repositioning trips. Um, it is going against the Gulf Stream. It can be a little bit more movement sometimes um, as a result of that, but generally it doesn't make too much difference. Um, and the, the the westbound crossings on most of the reposition cruises, are, and just like eastbound, are further south, and quite often they might pull into a, into a port in, off the coast of um, West Africa and then sort of scoot across up to generally the sort of Caribbean or um, Florida region as well yep. many of them do, do it like that so um, if you want to have a little bit extra time you want to have a couple of uh, opportunities to have a bit of a sleep in an extra hour back um, <laughs> what it be seven times six times six, six times during yeah. the during the crossing I think maybe depending on whether you're traveling in summer or in winter um, with daylight savings and all that um, I would I would say westbound excellent would be the, it would, at the post <laughs> <laughs> fabulous thanks santi thanks chris and uh, thanks harry as well uh, chris will take a quick break and then we'll jump straight into cruise news thanks Baz. be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels
If, like me, you're not a great fan of fast fashion and you prefer to do things uh, a little bit more sensitively, if you can, all of our Big Cruise podcast merchandise is uh, sourced using only organic cotton, produced using only green energy, and there is zero plastic used in any of the process or packaging. Um, it's a great alternative to uh, buying a cheap souvenir t-shirt. You can buy merchandise with the Big Cruise podcast logo, or you can design your own. Simply jump on. We've got a whole heap of different uh, designs, different styles of clothing as well. And once again, it's all organic, it's all green energy, and there's zero plastic in the whole production. You'll find the link to how to do that in uh, the show notes for each and every episode, but just jump on the website, the Big Cruise podcast, and look in the top right-hand corner. Okay, Chris, as we touched on, the, the restart for Australia is uh, on the horizon. We will be uh, having our first ship departing uh, later this month. But uh, this week, the New Zealand Prime Minister announced that uh, cruise ships will be welcomed back on what date? Yeah, 31st of July is when the maritime borders will reopen. So that will allow um, you know cruise ships to start to, to reposition back to New Zealand and mm-hmm. um, offer their, will get themselves set up and ready to go for the season which is expected to start in October. Yeah, when all of our international ships come back, that's when um, we generally see the Australia to New Zealand or round-trip voyages happening. Mm. So that's a great time for our, what we call wave season, which is a peak season down here in Australia. Mm. And amongst others, uh, many, many cruise lines have uh, celebrated this. In fact, a celebrity have particularly mentioned that they're very excited to get guests on board. Uh, their first sailing to New Zealand will be departing on Sydney the 20... Sorry, departing from Sydney on the 22nd of October. Um, and that, of course, will be a celebrity eclipse with a whole array of uh, cruises of 3 to 13 nights, including Australia, New Zealand and the South Pacific. Sounds wonderful. Now let's stay in Australia because, of course, uh, we know that P&O Pacific Explorer will be the first ship to sail out of Australia. They just had an event on board, Chris, to, uh, to help the crew acclimatise once more. Yeah, so they've um, been doing some taste testing, Baz, with, oh, their, um, with their menus and, and food that's going to be um, on offer on board the, the ship. The Pacific Explorer, of course, is the flagship of the P&O fleet. Um, and you know, to reactivate her, it requires getting one of the biggest parts of reactivating the ship is to reactivate the galley and yep. get the food service um, happening once again. Uh, and so, their main restaurant on board is the the waterfront. It's the sort of key restaurant on mm-hmm. all of the P&O Australia fleet. Um, but they've also got other restaurants um, that that offer sort of specialty dining as well. And they're wanting to sort of test and and um, and check that all of those. Uh, menus and that the food is working well on board the ship before the first passengers come on board. Brilliant. Um, and of course, that, as you said, that, that's a departure on 31st of May from Sydney heading up to Brisbane and they'll christen the new Brisbane cruise terminal. Of course, yeah, which has uh, been ready for quite some time and has yet been unable to, uh, to welcome its first ship, so it's very exciting times. Um, also exciting times for Norwegian Cruise Lines, uh, they've just announced the full relaunch of its entire 17 ship fleets. Yeah, so Norwegian Spirit was the, the last one to, to return to service um, and uh, she's you know they're one of their smaller ships mm. by today. It was a big ship when she entered service but <laughs> of course things have progressed so much since then. 17th ship in their fleet to return to su- service under what they're referring to as their great cruise comeback. And of course she's had a, a massive investment in her more than a hundred million dollar in the revitalization um, which is uh, the the, the refurbishment, I guess, of that particular ship and some significant changes on board. She's become um, very much uh, a new ship uh, itself uh, and very much kind of adult-focused mm. on board. 14 new venues that they've put on the ship. Yeah, exactly. Only 10 decks tall, 268, so 268 metres long, and she'll be back in Australia on the 22nd of December this year. That's fantastic. You know, it cost them $100 million to revitalise it. Incredible. It's a massive investment. Given what's been hitting the industry and they're still able to invest in the ships like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Fantastic. 
Now Viking have also uh, welcomed a new addition to their fleet. Of course, they're a brand that have never stood still uh, with a lot of uh, launches of ships this year already. Um, we're talking, of course, about the, the launch of uh, Viking Mars. Yeah, let's talk about resilience, right? So mm. they're launching Viking Mars. She's been constructed at Vincantieri, which is, of course, one of our favourite shipyards we've yep. spoken about. When we talk about what we've spoken about over the last 100 episodes, Vincantieri has come up many times, many, probably many, 95 many. times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they're one of the leading builders of passenger ships, uh, cruise ships in the world. She's now going to make her way across to Valletta and Malta, and in just a few days' time from this recording, Baz, she'll be given her naming ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to take place on the 17th on Constitution Day, which is a Norwegian holiday, um, and her godmother is Lady Fiona Carnarvon, the Countess of Carnarvon. So there yeah. we go. Of course, she's the... Uh, the, the the owner of Highclere Castle, which is of course the, the filming location for Downton Abbey, mm. and Viking have had long had a relationship with her as well. Um, but I'm just looking there at some of the other ships that uh, Viking have launched. Uh, so it's the 25th anniversary this year, mm -hmm. and in January they launched uh, Viking expedition, expeditions with the first polar class vessel, mm. Viking Octanus. Uh, then they named eight river ships in one day at a special event in Paris. Uh, they've since launched a second identical expedition ship, and another identical ocean ship, and a new purpose-built vessel for the Nile, Mekong, and Mississippi rivers. Yeah. They and just don't sit, still, don't sit still, should I say. They don't, and Viking Mars itself is one of their um, you know, uh, signature kind of cruise ships, but they're considered small ships by today's standards, which mm. of course is something the Vikings owning. It's a, that sort of smaller, uh, more sort of personalized experience. 47,800 tons, um, which remarkably would have made her one of the larger ships in the world 100 years ago. <laughs> but uh, these days, of course, things are very different. Um, 465 um, cabins on board and she can carry 930 passengers. Mm. From a mid-sized ship to a groundbreaking mega ship, we're next talking about Celebrity Cruises. They've announced the uh, who will be the godmother um, for Celebrity Beyond. Yes, it's Simone Biles. She's a 19-time world champion and 7-time Olympic medalist um, in gymnastics. Oh, so, wow. uh, a remarkable um, sort of uh, resume there. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, celebrities very, uh, they, they sort of think very broadly about who they can ask to be godmothers of their ships. Yeah, they've got quite a um, unique selection of different people from different parts of the world and with different um, skill sets as well, which is really nice to see. Um, and she's going to be considered probably the most luxurious vessel in their fleet and will be given her official naming ceremony in Fort Lauderdale on the 4th of November of this year. Of course, yes. She's already sailing, of course. Captain Kate's already welcoming guests on her in the Med, and that celebration will take place in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Um, Celebrity Beyond began sailing on the 27th of April, so almost a month ago uh, out of Southampton. It's very different to have the ship sailing before it's officially named. Yeah, I'm not sure it? that I like it, but I'm it seems sure. to be the new, the I new guess way. In pandemic times as well, we just have to do what we have to do. <laughs> but it does seem a bit different. Yeah. And uh, let's stay in Europe. This time we're talking about AIDA, which is of course the German brand for the Carnival Corporation. And today we're talking about AIDA Diva and AIDA Perla. Yeah, so AIDA Diva has um, set sail on her uh, first voyage to the Norwegian fjords. She departed on well, yesterday when we were recording this, the 14th of May mm -hmm. 2022. Um, and uh, she'd actually been built at uh, the Lloyd Werft Bremerhaven shipyard. So um, not not from Canterbury this time. <laughs> um, and one of the things that's interesting about this ship is they've uh, introduced a new restaurant offering on board that, that uh, brings on board uh, the delicacies from the Alpine regions, as well as a whole heap of specialty beers. Mm. So that's a little bit different. It's got a cozy, hot atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's going to be quite quite exciting. And then uh, Aida Perla, um, it's been having a, a, a bit of a visit um, in the shipyard in Rotterdam. 
but it's completed that on the 14th of May, so busy day mm. uh, yesterday, Saturday, the 14th of May, and it's off to Hamburg, Baz. Yeah, starting on the 16th for its first official cruise, and they've got new things on board, such as the uh, new ice cream parlor, an expanded organic spa, and uh, she'll be uh, sailing for the summer of 2022 um, on voyages from Hamburg up to Norway. Very nice. Now, uh, MSC have uh, revamped their loyalty club, Chris, and of course we have to bear in mind that MSC is really generous in that they do do loyalty matching, don't they? Yeah, so there's a hype of different um, membership levels with the, the MSC Voyagers Club. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Classic, um, was Welcome rather, then Classic, Silver, Gold and Diamond, and you earn points on all of these. It's a little bit like an airline loyalty program. Um, but you can actually do a status match, and they, they tend to match quite a lot of different um, uh, different uh, loyalty programs, including airlines, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah so the new benefits are coming out um, with uh, further discounts and further onboard credit. So uh, take a look in the show notes for the full details, or of course the MSC website for, for specific information. And another cruise line that's also upping the ante is Princess Cruises. They've introduced the all-inclusive Premier package, which is additional to the other packages they previously had as well. Yeah, Princess Premier, they're calling it. Um, it's a add-on package. It offers things such as um, Wi-Fi, unlimited Wi-Fi for up to four devices, um, top-shelf beverages, uh, photos, which of course is uh, usually quite a high expense on cruise ships, mm-hmm. um, especially dining, um, gratuities and appreciation for the crew. Uh, and so it's just $75 per person per day, um, and that covers sort of those expenses for you as part of the um, a part of the package. There's a, and also a little twist there, and a unique promotion, Princess Premier guests also enter automatically enter a draw um, on board to win a cruise for two every year for a decade and up to $100,000 in cash prizes. So Sounds fun. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I suppose if you if you were to look at what the other, you know, the cost of the other... Um, uh, expenses would, would, would potentially be. Uh, Princess is saying that uh, this bundle can offer savings up to 50%. Yeah. So. Uh, just to remind the listeners, uh, you can book a Princess Standard Cruise Fare, which is basically the lowest fare that you can get, but with no additional inclusions. You've got Princess Plus, which is about $40 per person per day extra, um, or $50 after a particular departure date. Uh, that includes Wi-Fi and the beverage package um, with specific limitations on the type of drinks and also the crew gratuity on board and then the new one which is the new princess premiere is 75 dollars a day and that begins on sailings departing from 25 may onwards and if you've already booked the princess plus and want to upgrade you can do so for just a small additional fee sounds good now let's head over to the us next chris because carnival cruise lines have broke ground on a new cruise port destination where are we talking about well we're actually talking about a little bit further south in the us in grand bahama um, so they've got a new destination on Grand Bahama Island and they've, they've just celebrated the groundbreaking ceremony for the new cruise port there. Yeah, so things will move quite quickly, I'm sure. They're expecting this to open in 2024 on the south side of the island, and they're very excited to give opportunities to local bohemians to be able to mm. uh, you know, op- operate new businesses that were not previously uh, available to them. And of course, this will be able to accommodate up to two XL-class ships oh, yeah. simultaneously. That's amazing. It, the, the port itself is also going to feature an area that's um, set aside as a nature reserve yeah. um, and an indoor pool, ah. which is really cool, as well as... Um, uh, operating retail food and beverage and other things 
for the passengers who are there to enjoy. Yeah, Bahamas, of course, very, very popular for cruises out of the Absolutely. Florida region. Yep. And uh, last but by no means least, uh, we spoke about Holland America uh, last week as well, but this week they've announced that the Zandam has returned to service. Uh, on May 12th, it had its sailing out of Port Everglades. It did, yes. So it's um, only one more ship left now until the entire fleet is back in um, cruising service. And the other piece of news that's come out, of course, from Holland America is that Volendam is currently undertaking um, a charter by the government of the Netherlands. That's actually uh, just been extended as well. It has, yeah. 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 Um, and it's uh, alongside in Rotterdam, and it's to accommodate uh, Ukrainian families who yeah. have been yeah. displaced due to the um, terrible things that are going on in the Ukraine. Yeah, no, they've done, done, done good work there. Um, one extra thing that's not in the show notes, but we should also acknowledge that uh, Virgin Voyages' Valiant Lady will later today uh, depart from Barcelona on her inaugural, or her maiden sailing, as they How like exciting. to refer to it. Yes. Um, I should have been there, but I chose not to, unfortunately but that's okay there'll be another opportunity I'm sure later down the track um, but uh, good luck to everybody uh, sailing I'm sure you'll have a fantastic time sailing on that mermaid and sea sailing and then um, Baz um, a ship that's very close to my heart uh, the QE2 it's, oh yep uh, it had been a hotel in, in Dubai since 2018 mm-hmm. um, obviously it was closed for various periods during the pandemic retired from active passenger service in 2008 but it's just been announced uh, that the Accor um, brand of uh, oh, hotels yeah. is going to take over operation of QE2, investing in a in a refurbishment of the some of the passenger areas. Um, they're going to reduce the the ship's um, operational cabin number down to um, just over 400. Oh wow! And the sort of more luxurious cabins on board the ship, um, and be selling it under their M Gallery boutique hotel brand. Oh so wow! That's um, well, that can only be a good thing because it has had quite a few hurdles to. It to... has. And I think, you know, we, we spoke last week, for any listeners who are interested in the success of the Rotterdam Hotel, mm-hmm. Queen Mary as a hotel has already has also had all sorts of hurdles throughout its yeah. career. And then QE2, not had the most, probably the smoothest introduction to service. There are some parts of the QE2 experience that people seem to really love. Um, evidently, buffet um, okay. breakfasts are really popular in Dubai, and people who live in the area will come on board the ship oh, to wow, use okay. the Lido experience. Yeah, yeah. But the hotel itself... You know, it's um, it's a big ship, and mm. it, it has a lot of space on board. Um, and they've done some some re- renovations to the ship that have, have altered, I guess, the interior of the yep. ship a little bit. So I'm hopeful that um, that a core can maybe learn some lessons from what happened with Rotterdam yep. and and really play up those signature spaces on board the ship that were with her since the 1960s. Places like the Queen's Room, Ballroom for functions. Yeah. Um, places, uh, things like maybe maybe refurbishing and reopening the Princess Grill, which was the original grill room on yeah, board yep, the yep. ship. We spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Unchanged in its decor, Baz, since um, since 1969. Um, just slightly modified here and there with some different chairs, but everything else is still original. So, do you think um, these places have? They're obviously still there, but they've just been sealed off and not yeah, used. Yeah, there's, there's there's some pictures. Um, so the the princess grill last time i saw the the carpets had been pulled up but otherwise everything else was the statues and stuff were yeah. still there oh, okay there's four four unique statues in there by an, an artist called janine janet um depicting the four four elements oh, that yeah. were made out of um sea life so corals and stuff yeah, yeah. and of course you couldn't do that today yeah, yeah. but um uh given it has been has been done they, they should be preserved um and the other thing about qe2 uh barry is that um, when you were on board QE2 when it was in service, it was a floating museum. They had art, historical yeah. pieces throughout the ship. All that was taken off the ship and put in the cruise terminal. 
Now, that's great for the cruise terminal, but the ship itself is really bare without its art and yeah. history. Yep. So, if you're listening, a core, <laughs> available <laughs> right for thing. consultation, um, <laughs> please put the artwork back on the ship. Like the Queen, the bust of Her Majesty the Queen should be in the Queen's room. The 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 the, the, the artworks and the tapestry should be in the staircases on board the ship because that's what QE2 was. Yep. Um, and so maybe with maybe with a, a new perspective, it might just make her a little bit more close to that original experience. Yep. But they have to, they're going to do some renovation and some refurbishments. That might mean that they're doing a t- completely different tract. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Yeah, yeah time will tell. Well, uh, do the right thing and get in touch with Chris if you need some advice on uh, what QE2 was like in her glory days, I guess. Well, yes, we have the book and the YouTube video and a lot of other things that can show you what QE2 was like and why she was special. Now, speaking of YouTube, um, this week's video is actually a subject that we spoke about oh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago maybe? Yes. Um, but I think if the listeners want to see visuals that go with that whole story about Cunard and the class system and what it was and how it evolved yeah. and became what it is, jump onto your channel, um, Chris Frame on YouTube, and you can see some great images that go with that whole conversation as well. Yeah, and I'm really excited as well, Baz, because um, YouTube and T-Mill have just finalised oh, their wow. agreement. And now, um, coming this week, the... Um, the merch will yeah. be available to purchase from the YouTube video itself, oh, which is really nice. Which so. you have on today with a nice... I do. I've got, um, we've got this sort of stylized, sort of a bit like the QE2, a bit like the Queen Mary 2. It's got a big big fat funnel on top. Yeah, it's nice, nice, nice ocean liner. Little ocean liner logo. That's what we've been doing. Um, but we'll probably expand on that a little bit more now that we've got uh, the shelf integration on YouTube, which will be really cool. Brilliant. Good news. Um, of course, the link to Chris's YouTube channel is always in the show notes. Uh, head to the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and uh, click on episode 100 for that link. Chris, congratulations, mate. We did it. We've uh, celebrated 100 episodes. We've got another exciting adventure coming in in a couple of weeks, which we can't talk about just yet, but uh, we'll be excited to share that with the listeners when we can do so. Um, But for now, uh, until next time, have a great week. You too. Happy century, Baz. Thank you. Take care. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.